Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else. Welcome back to another week of the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. Triple H is wasting no time in making his mark in WWE. I guess the truth. I guess this would technically be like his second mark. But Yeah, yeah. So uh this week we have an interesting whiskey that we are going to try. Uh, it is uh ET fifty one. Now this is one hundred percent I bought this whiskey because of the bottle. And it is a the bottle looks cool. It is a brown bottle Tall and lean with a, what would you call it? You call that bronze? Yeah. 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 With, with a, like a bronze skeleton, 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 bronze skeleton painted on it. <laughs> yes. A bronze skeleton painted on it. And it has a black, the cork is the head and it's black. It looks more like an alien head than a skull, but you know. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're falling in with that ET. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. It is a Canadian whiskey, uh, product of Canada. That's where most from, Canadian things come from. Yeah, from uh, a company called Notaboo or Notaboo N O T A B O O. Okay. Um, they apparently have this ET fifty uh, one premium whiskey. They also apparently do vodka, espresso vodka. And rum. Mm, so they sound like a Canadian aristocrat. Yeah. Let's just, what's in the, what's in the dispenser today, boys? <laughs> Put that label on the bottle. Uh, the whiskey is 51 proof, or I'm sorry, uh, 51% alcohol by volume, making it 102 proof. Mm-hmm. It's very light. Yeah. Just, just giving some, some notes on it. This is, this is super light. Like it barely has any color. Yeah. It's not clear. Don't don't get me yeah. wrong, but like corn whiskey, you know, obviously, like the biggest difference between corn whiskey and like a bourbon is corn whiskey isn't aged. You know, it's not mm-hmm. put in a barrel. It's not aged. It's just straight from the still into the bottles type thing. More like um, what you might think of if you're thinking of moonshine or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, moonshine's clear. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason moonshine's clear is because they don't store it in, in barrels and let it age for any length of time. Absorb those um, tannins and yeah, this is this was in a barrel, obviously, and I, I think they say on their website, you know, that it went into a new charred oak barrel. Yeah, um, it's and the the way they put it is it spends time in a new charred oak barrel, which, and we decided that they put it in at five o'clock at the end of the day before they go home, yep. and when they get there at eight o'clock the next morning, they pull it out and bottle it exactly because so. this is this is apple juice color. Right. This yeah. is not. Yeah, that is actually that is an apt description this, of the color. This does not look like whiskey that you think of when you pour a even Jack any of those when you pour them out. You know, it's got that darker caramel color. Mm-hmm. This is apple juice, and this is I've actually seen apple juices that are darker than this. Yeah, true. So, um, so let's see what this yeah, tastes like. Let's see. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, that tastes like corn whiskey. Oh. 
it's got a very slow burn to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't notice the burn at first that once is, you. That is rough, though. Yeah. I do recommend buying it simply for the bottle. The bottle's really cool. Like if it, uh, like if you uh, if you got something else you could put in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really cool bottle. Yeah. Um, buying it for the whiskey. No. Uh, I wouldn't. If you're going, if you're going for that, hey, I don't really want a whiskey type thing. Um. As as. Not great as it is, like a mellow corn corn liquor mm-hmm. is better. It's sweeter. Like this, to me, this is trying to be a corn whiskey or a corn liquor and a whiskey at the same time, and it just doesn't make either. Work. Yeah, uh, let me. I'm pulling the ingredients back up for it. I'm getting that like that kind of sweet corn ta- flavor, like just for a second, and then this weird. Very ragged burn. Yeah. So, mm. uh, so the uh, the mash bill is uh, premium Canadian red rye, barley malt, and corn. So, I forget. I think it was like forty bucks. Thirty nine of that is the bottle. Yeah, I I spent the money on the bottle for this one, and it, it wasn't even a question. I was walking in the liquor store looking. And saw this, and this was one hundred percent. I was like, "Yep, okay. Here's here's my choice for the evening." Yeah, the bottle. So. The bottle is really cool. Like, <laughs> like we're not doing the bottle justice. Uh, we'll throw a picture of it up on our Facebook. Yeah, we'll get a picture up there on Facebook for you. It is really cool. And, but yeah. So uh, while Jason's doing that, let's go ahead and jump into Monday Night Raw. All right. So here we go. We have AJ Styles defeating Mustafa Ali and The Miz via pinfall. And this was a triple threat uh, qualifying match. The winner is going to get a uh, another match at the end of the show to determine the number one contender for the United States Championship. We have Seth Rollins defeating Montez Ford in an absolute banger of a match. Is as you would expect from those two guys. We have the second of those qualifying matches: uh, Champa, Chad Gable, Chad Gable, and Dolph Ziggler, where Champa gets the win. That'll set up our main event for the evening. Um, well, one of the co-main event maybe of AJ Styles versus Champa for the number one contendership. We get a uh, a promo from Edge where he's vowing to end the Judgment Day. He's back to his entrance music because I guess we spent all this money to get the rights for uh, the Judgment Day song for Edge, and then he goes back to his own music. Um, <laughs> Champa defeats AJ Styles via pinfall uh, with a fairy tale ending. So the Miz interfered several times. This continues the Champa AJ Styles feud that we've seen building. I don't expect Champa to be with the Miz for very long, but yeah, there's already been discussions around that that uh, the uh, uh, that Triple H is already trying to pull him out. Yeah, and this is a great way to do it. He has the legitimacy now because he did beat AJ Styles. Yep. Now he goes, he feuds with Bobby Lashley, 
And as much as I don't necessarily want to see Lashley drop the title this quickly, dropping the title to Ciampa elevates Ciampa immediately makes him a yep. a contender. Um, we'll talk more about that in a little while. We get the Usos defeating the Mysterios via pinfall to retain the titles. Uh, and then we have uh, Asuka versus Alexa Bliss ending in a no contest. Uh, this is when Bailey, Sky, and uh, I say Sky, that is going to be EO Sky. They've changed her name to Sky instead of Shirai. That's a they lot also, of S's. They also are continuing to call her EO, but they're spelling it differently now. Yeah, it's I Y O. Yeah. Uh, so Bailey, Sky, and Kai come out. They attack both women. This leads to Bianca coming out and challenging any one of them. EO is the one who accepts, and then that ends in a no contest. Sky and Kai. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the old uh, tag team, uh, Kai and Ty. Yeah. That's what we're going to call them, Sky and Ty. Sky and Ty. I yeah. like it. So, that was Monday Night Raw. Um, Cool. Well, moving on to Wednesday Night Dynamite, we kick off with, the first of all, breaking news, this episode of Dynamite did not have a weird name. It was just Dynamite. Um. <clears throat> Orange Cassidy and Jay Lethal had a fight. Uh, Jay Lethal won. The Undisputed Elite return. So we get a an in-ring promo of Cole, Ry- O'Reilly, Fish, uh, and the Young Bucks. Cole's cutting the promo, talking about how loyalty is important, talking about how uh, the trio's tags are coming up. He thanks uh, the Bucks for bringing him to all elite. He thanks uh, O'Reilly and fish for all traveling with him all over the world. Uh, then he looks at the bucks and says, uh, you know, if I'm not cleared to wrestle for the trios tournament and O'Reilly's out, you have to pick fish, you know, and are you're just not in the tournament. And the bucks are like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, they're, they're kind of, uh, uh, Confused about it, I guess, is the best way to put it. And then Cole goes, oh, I kind of misspoke. You're not physically going to be able to be in the tournament. And then the Undisputed Era jump them. And Hangman comes out and makes the save, helps Matt up, and then just rolls out of the ring and walks off. So we're finally getting some payoff to to that whole, you know, trying to mend fences. Yeah. It's been going on on both Dynamite a little bit, but mostly on BTE. Uh, Thunderstorm, which is Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm, uh, fought Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Uh, Baker and Hayter win. Tonight is Battle of the Belts, which uh, Thunder Rosa is going to fight Hayter. Thunder Rosa is obviously going to win that. So there's your your kind of stand tall moment for Britain and Hayter. Uh, in fact, Hayter got the pin on Tony, I think. Uh, Big Willie Hobbs had a uh, squash match with Ren Jones, uh, local talent A mm. type thing. Ricky Starks came out afterwards, uh, hit him a couple times. Then the ref pushed Ricky Starks away, and then Ricky Starks went to jump at Hobbs, and Hobbs just grabbed him and th- spine buster. 
Um, it was actually really a really impressive spike. It was a really as nice opposed to last week's where it was. Meh. Um, Taz, of course, talks about like before this, right before the match. Taz was talking about how Team Taz is over. Uh, we then had a little promo about Darby Allen uh, talking about Brody King. Brody King had cut a promo before about him. So there we go. Those two, those two dudes have tattooed each uh, death to each other on their bodies now. <laughs> so they're eh, sure. Um, Matt Hardy and Christian Cage have a match. Christian Cage wins, uh, which leads to Luchasaurus's music playing. Luchasaurus comes out, but he's just a distraction because Jungle Boy jumps him from behind. Well, but remember, Jungle Boy had been banned. in the night, Jungle Boy had been banned from the arena. So, sure. Um, We then had the dumpster match. He bought a ticket. He bought a ticket. To he come bought back. a ticket. We then had the dumpster match, which was the acclaimed versus the gun club. Like, you mean this match was awful? No, uh, a dumpster match, as in the only way to win is to put your opponents in a dumpster and close the lid. Oh. Which uh, the acclaimed win by putting uh, the, the ass boys in the dumpster, zip tying it shut. And then pushing it off the stage. We very thought, slowly. Like like we're sitting here thinking, oh, they crawled out. They're they're good. Nah, no, nah, they were they were actually in the dumpster when it went over. So there there you are. Really? Um then the main event was Wheeler Uta versus Chris Jericho, where if Uta won, he got Jericho's title shot against Mox. Mox cut a promo early night, he's like I don't really care who wins, and I'm not trying to be, say that to blow it off. I just really don't care. If Jericho wins, cool. If Yuta wins, cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you have this match. Jericho ends up winning. The uh, JAS comes running down to the ring. Well, at the beginning, Jericho comes out with Matt Menard and uh, Angelo. Mm-hmm. Cool hand Ange. Yuta comes out, and then Claudio's music plays, and Claudio comes down to kind of even the odds. The uh, 2.0 gets involved a little bit. Aubrey throws them out, mm-hmm. and then Claudio makes sure they leave. So we get a a, a one-on-one match here. Mm-hmm. It was good, too, yeah. for the most Well, I say it was good. They were trying to do some chain wrestling. Yuta was good. Yeah. Jericho Jericho's was very stiff, very... Inflexible. Jericho wins with the Lion Tamer because Moxley called him out and said he wants the Lion Tamer, Chris Jericho. He doesn't want the the uh, the sports entertainer that he's been. Um, then there's a little bit of entertainment. A be- there's been a beat down. Moxley comes out and makes a save, and that was dynamite. Uh, moving on to SmackDown, we have the Bloodline coming into the arena. Honorary Oos Sami Zayn was repeatedly denied his request to speak to Reigns, and uh, Jay warned Zayn that it was time to start pulling his weight. Ricochet defeats Happy Corbin. Shinsuke Nakamura defeats Ludwig Kaiser, and we'll get a shot at Gunter next week. That should be a good match. It's probably going to be a squash. We have Liv Morgan uh, getting a mixed reaction following her win over Ronda Rousey because they stupidly had her tap instead of get a decent win over Ronda. 
Yes, I'm already taking we'll shots at Triple that. H. But, we'll talk about that. <laughs> you know, uh, so Liv gets kind of a mixed reaction. Uh, she's interrupted. Sonya Deville tells her she's going to take the title off of her. We then get a, sorry, we then get a uh, gauntlet match. Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia, Zaylee, Shotzi, Sonya Deville, and Shayna Baszler, and Aaliyah in this match. Uh, Rodriguez defeated four before being pinned by Baszler. So, we'll, we're going to see Morgan versus Baszler at Clash at the Castle. I, that should have been the, the story the whole time because they should start playing up Baszler and Rousey's friendship. Um, the Viking Raiders uh, defeated Tommy Gibson and Jim McCulley. Uh, via pinfall. This was, of course, a squash match. Afterwards, Kofi Kingston attacked the Raiders with a kendo stick. That led to a match. Kofi Kingston defeating Eric via pinfall because of the backwoods. They say schoolboy, but... <laughs> I'm going to call it yeah, the backwoods. Call it the right name. Call it the backwoods. That's a special move for him. <laughs> uh, we also get to see a face-off between Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns that was interrupted. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Riddle, right? Or Randy coming back, or yeah. uh, you know, a theory. Brock Lesnar made his return again. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Okay, so Who's... it must have been like maybe Braun Breaker coming up from NXT. Nope, not Braun Breaker. Triple H get back in the ring, so he he's got a you know. Well, I mean, you know, this is Triple H. It's not it's not outside the realm of possibility. I realize that he's <laughs> retired with heart issues, but still, that is not outside. No, uh, Shawn Michaels. Sean, okay, no. you know, I can, I can do that. <laughs> uh, actually, it was a returning Killer Cross. Carrying uh, no, Cross. No, he's, he's, he was released. He, he was not, released? He's not with WWE anymore. He, he's, he signed with hashtag control your narrative. Yeah, uh, he was released, and he makes his return. and With hair. With hair and a beard and, and. Scarlet. And his actual entrance music and his old NXT Tron. Yeah. And and not the, the Lord Humongous mask. And, okay, that's what happened. Cross beats down Drew McIntyre, faces off with Roman. Scarlet comes out with a... Uh, the, the hourglass. Hourglass, thank you. It complete, I could see it in my head. It completely blanked. Uh, but an hourglass and sets it down on the ring apron. And they both just kind of stare up at Roman and goes off the air. So he's returning to his NXT gimmick. I actually like him better with hair than bald. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, this is going to be good. Yeah. We, we've gotten Karrion Cross back with Scarlet the way he should be. Mm-hmm. The way he should have been when he first came up. Uh, and I'm going to hold off on saying anything else about that because I'm going to rant for a minute when we get to it. <laughs> but we need to hear about Rampage. Uh, Rampage opened with John Moxley versus Mance Warner. Um, Mance Warner is from ROH MLW, I believe. Um, yeah. Moxley choked him out pretty quick. Um, we then got... Uh, Takashita, or Takeshita, Takeshita, I think is how it's pronounced, actually, versus Ryan Nimeth, uh, Takeshita won. Uh, also, pretty quick. 
We then see the in-ring debut of a new signing for AEW. Uh, They announced earlier in the week that there were several people that were getting new positions backstage and getting, uh, like, promotions or things of that nature. One of the people that was uh, announced was Madison Rain, formerly of the... uh, what do they call it? The inspir not the inspiration. That was the uh, iconics, but it starts with an I. But it was in TNA. Yeah, uh, it used to be the beautiful people. Uh, so she signed on as a women's coach backstage, and due to all of the buzz around it and everything, uh, she's actually going to be in the ring at wrestling. So she wrestles uh, Layla Gray, which, if you remember, is the the baddie, but not a baddie. On Jade's side, uh, Madison wins. Then Jade comes out and kind of confronts her, and they they jaw back and forth until Stokely kind of steps between them. Tony Nese and Josh Woods, which Josh Woods is the guy who attacked Keith Lee uh, last week in the back. Uh, they fought Swerve in Our Glory for the titles. Uh, before the match, Keith Lee dropped a an amazing burn that said, why don't y'all come on out here so we can get this done and move on to actual challenges for our titles? Um, Mm -hmm. At which they beat them very quickly. And that was Rampage. Yeah. So I want to jump back to Taz real quick and him being done with Team Taz. Okay. AEW hasn't done anything with Team Taz for months now. At least not with Taz directly involved. Right. It has been Ricky Starks and them just going out and and doing their thing in the ring, Taz being a mouthpiece on commentary, but otherwise we haven't heard from him. Yep. I think they just got rid of Taz, or Team Taz. I think he's going to just transition to commentary, and rather than have him managing a team, he's just going to be doing commentary. I think so. Um, With them pulling Jim Ross back, it it just makes sense to me. Um, I think that's probably where they're going with this. The whole Team Taz idea worked when it was Cage as the the centerpiece, Mm -hmm. and then you had Ricky and Hobbs as kind of your tag team that could be in there. Yeah. Um, When Cage fell into a bottomless pit, uh, I guess that's what happened. I to can him. say, um, you you lost your your main guy. I mean, he was turning face anyway, and then they just kind of did away with him. Um, you lost that, so Team Taz then becomes Ricky Starks, Hobbs, and Hook. You're booking Hook like a monster. Mm-hmm. Ricky Starks is obviously over, and there and then there's Hobbs, who is a giant man. Yeah, but not really getting any shine. There's nothing there, like like literally, yeah. there is nothing there to to call them a unit. Mm-hmm. So Hook coming out winning the FTW title, at best, what I could see is maybe Taz isn't stepping back from managing and everything, but maybe he's going to be Hook's manager. But Hook is currently running as a face. Taz is normally a heel. So, I don't even see that working out really well. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I think you're probably spot on, though, with the whole he's going to be doing more commentary, and we're just not going to see Taz around the ring. We're going to hear him yelling about the ring. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't see them putting him with Hook because Hook doesn't need him. No, not Hook, at all. Not Hook doesn't close. need him. Now, down the road, Hook may need him because Hook hasn't really been on the microphone much. Mm-hmm. So he might need Taz to be a mouthpiece for him for a while. But Taz is a heel. Yep. Taz is a heel. He's always been a heel. He's exactly. not going to be a face. Exactly. So it doesn't work right now. Um, to rant briefly on the carrying cross thing. All right. Thank God Triple H is taking over. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, whatever crazy insane reason that Vince had, Vince thought it was funny to pull these guys up from NXT that had made names for themselves, had developed characters, had done amazing character work. And, and, you know, we can go down a list if you want, but just briefly, let's look at Karrion Cross, mm-hmm. Ciampa, mm-hmm. you know, those, those kinds of guys that ricochet even. Vince got pissed at NXT. Mm-hmm. And Triple H kind of alluded to this in a recent interview. Vince got mad at NXT because NXT couldn't beat AEW. That's not a fair comparison. No. AEW was the hot new product. It was going to beat a it was going to beat NXT. There was no way around that. So Vince got upset that his product that shouldn't have been even thought about competing that he decided was competing couldn't beat this, this new rival that they repeatedly said was not competing that they, they constantly said was not competing and he decided to punish anybody he could from NXT. And so he brought up all of these guys, uh, black, yeah, all of them. And he immediately, Keith Lee, he immediately stripped them of their character. Malachi Black, this this dark, or Alistair Black, Alistair this, Black at the time, but dark striker gets brought up without that character and put in a tag team with Ricochet, which worked for a while. It worked, but neither of them are tag team stars. No, and then they split them off, and Alistair never found yep. his footing. Um, in fact, he spent a bunch of time in a dark room asking people to to knock on the door. (laughs) Um, Ciampa gets brought up to be Miz's attache. Yeah. Um, you, you have Keith Lee who's brought up, never quite gets his feet under him in the main roster has the health scare, which I, you know, that, that did cause some issues. They bring him back and they want him to be Bearcat Keith Lee as a heel. And, while I think Keith Lee could be a, a, a an intriguing heel, he's not a heel. You have to develop that. You can't just, uh, you're a heel now, and we're going to name you after this this other person. Mm-hmm. Vince got some sort of sick, twisted joy out of that. And, and they spoke about it before, I think even before the AEW stuff, where Vince was like, 
we're going to throw him in the deep end. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've heard other, read other reports where they talked about, well, we had to retrain them for WWE when they came from the Indies to NXT, and then we had mm-hmm. to retrain them for main roster from NXT. Why? Why? You know, you mentioned Karrion Cross and him coming back. It's a perfect a perfect yeah. tie. Look at Karrion Cross in NXT. He was booked like a monster. Now, we've mm-hmm. made, we have made comments. You can go back and listen to some of our shows where we didn't really buy him as a monster. He's not a very big dude. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're, we're talking about we're not buying him as a monster. He should be booked more like that serial killer. Yeah. You know, he should be booked like the old school cerebral assassin Triple H. Mm-hmm. And that he will systematically tear you apart, and he has the strength to do it, but he's not going to be able to like bench press you over the top rope type thing. And what do they do? All right, we're bringing him up to main roster. And the first time they bring him up to main roster, they completely changed every well, not the first time. The first time they bring him up, he just comes out with his NXT title with a, a weird, uh, theme song that wasn't his and gets job to Jeff Hardy. And they caught a ton of backlash on that one. So then he gets to come back and he beats Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of goes away for a bit, a month or so. Then when he comes back, he's got a Neutron where it just says carrying cross on it. And it looks like somebody said, hey, what's a, what's a, a Mad Max font? Let's let's pay three dollars yeah. and get that font and just put it over this weird, colorful background that's not that's pretty indistinct. And we're gonna have this this odd music playing and we're gonna send him out there in a gimp mask and a leather skirt. Yeah. And we're we're not gonna bring Scarlet in on this. And Scarlet's no no part of this is Scarlet part of it. Now, do I think that his NXT entrance will work on the main roster? Mm-hmm. No. Not without significant changes because, excuse me, that that entrance was definitely designed and utilized for the time. And that was during COVID. Short ramp. So very short ramp. Not a whole lot of people in the audience. Definitely designed for the camera. But you can still fog machine the, the stage area. Yeah. He comes out with Scarlet. Yeah. And then you can have Scarlet do the the over exaggerated screaming as they're walking down the ramp. I mean, at Charlotte, Scarlet. Yeah. Uh, no, like yeah, they can still do go. it. Like they can they can do most of they what can they back did. Back off of it a little bit, yeah. I guess is the best they, way. They they can it. do most of what they did at the top of the ramp. Yeah. Just not going to get in the ring to do it with the the drum beats and, and yeah. everything. Yeah. It's not going to time up quite right, but it doesn't matter. You still do the flashing lights and the drum when he gets in the ring, and he still can be this this guy in the ring. Well, SmackDown, his Tron was his music, and his Tron was back to being Karrion Cross. Yeah. It was the, the the gray smoke clouds with the Raven flapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was his music, sung by Scarlet. Sung by Scarlet. They put the the hourglass on the stage yeah. on the the ring, and he shouted TikTok at Roman. That's Karrion Cross. Yeah. And he did that after laying out Drew McIntyre. No. Mm-hmm. He attacked Drew from behind, so Drew's still strong. Yeah. There's there's no doubts in my mind. We're going to see him feud with Drew for the next couple weeks. 
possibly as a weakening of Drew for Roman to, to protect Drew, yeah. to, to protect Drew, yeah, to probably. lose to Roman at, in Cardiff, which, okay. Um, <laughs> but these guys are guys that Triple H cared about. He had an active mm-hmm. role in managing their NXT careers, helping them come up with entrances, talking, mm-hmm. you know, with, with Cedric Alexander. Triple H create that character. With, with Triple H and, and, or with, with Cedric Alexander and the Cruiserweight Tournament, mm-hmm. the crowd was chanting for him. I think that yeah. was Cedric Alexander. Yeah, it was. And Triple H walked out and said, we hear you. Mm-hmm. And they immediately signed that man. Yeah. Stephanie made a comment here recently that, and, and Triple H echoed it, that sometimes you have to listen to the fans. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to put it this way. Sometimes the fans have absolutely no idea what they want. See Liv Morgan, right? Yeah. The The fans were solidly behind Liv. She wins the belt. Everybody's super happy. They made a terrible booking decision. And last night on SmackDown, the fans were, were booing her. Yeah. So they turned fast. That's not her fault. But they turned quick on her. Mm-hmm. They they turned quick on her. You you have so you have Rhonda who's apparently stepping away. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen any reports about that, but she's been suspended. She's been suspended and, and indefinitely and fined. To me, that that just reeks of okay. We're gonna send Rhonda off into sunset, and we'll bring her back for yeah. WrestleMania. Exactly. Um, sure. I'm okay with that because Ronda should not be a week-to-week star. She should be an attraction, the same as Brock and Cena and other guys of that ilk at this point in time. You could have built Liv into something at SummerSlam. Yeah. You could have still had her tap, but you could have had her tap right after the three count. Three count hits, and then she starts tapping. That shows she won. Mm -hmm. She just couldn't gut it out anymore. Now, you could have done that. Or you could have her tap at the exact same time as the three count. Now, and, and this question, that, that brings up another question. Was that the intent, and did Liv just mistime the, the tapping? Timing. That's possible, but also I would think if Liv just messed up the timing, you don't acknowledge it. Okay. You don't show the the camera angles the way they did, because they showed the angles no. a couple times on SummerSlam, and they even mention it. Here, if that was the intention to ignore it, ignore it. If it's not the intention or, okay, so we, we have her tap beforehand. That was the plan all along. You have her talk about when she's interviewed on SmackDown, have her admit that happened. Have her admit, yeah, it looks like I tapped out before she got pinned. She still lost. And what happened to what she did to me and the referee after the mat, after that, yeah. was completely uncalled for. So, Rhonda, if you want a rematch, you can have it. Oops, because of your temper, you don't get it. You were suspended. You were fined. You know? Yeah. You can't be the role model for the SmackDown locker room if you don't want to play by the rules. You could have done something like that. There are lots of ways you could have gone with it other than making Liv look weak and ineffective. Absolutely. Uh, you don't, I mean, we don't have to build Liv up to be this this killing machine. No. She ain't going to be that. She's a great underdog. 
She's a now, great. Are underdog. you going to see a heel Liv Morgan? Probably not. If you if you build her as an underdog, yeah. Are you going to see a heel? No, you're, you're not really going to see a heel. But the only way I think they build her to a heel is she would have to win a couple of more matches, like profile matches where mm-hmm. I don't want to see cheating because it's not cheating. But lucky rolls of the dice, right? You have she gets knocked the heck out, and but the referee gets bumped, mm-hmm. and the ref doesn't see. She's fighting Shayna at Cardiff. Have Shayna put her in the clutch, but somehow when Shayna goes to get her into the clutch, she kicks the ref, and the ref gets spun out of the way. Yeah. And Liv starts tapping and tapping and tapping. And then, you know, the ref's out of it. Shayna finally, Shana finally Shana breaks the clutch it, to go get the ref. Goes and gets the ref, wakes the ref up, calls him back over. Liv does a roll up one, two, three, you know. And then takes her belt and talks about, you know, how she beat Shayna. You can have these matches where Liv wins through a, a technicality only. Then Liv starts believing her own, you know, starts, you know, believing her own, her, her own mindset. She becomes a warrior, right? She starts believing that she's that tough. She's that strong. Yeah. She buys into the fact that I can beat Rhonda. I can beat, I can beat anybody on the roster at any time. Yeah. You know, and she keeps winning with these just stroke of luck things. And that kind of turns her heel uh, organically. Yeah, and then she finally gets smacked down by whoever we want to make the next baby face hero. You can bring Becky well, back over or something uh, like that. And, and here is the potential reason why this is happening. The rumor is that Triple H, or the new, let me say new management, not necessarily Triple H. I'm sure he had a big yeah. role to play in it, but we'll say new management has come to terms with Sasha. And with uh, Naomi. Naomi. So we could see them back at any time. Well, they are mm-hmm. starting a tournament, a tag the, tournament. Yeah. The supposedly the, uh, supposedly the reason that Liv was elevated was because they had a huge hole to fill losing two top faces. And make no mistake about it, Naomi and Sasha are two of the top faces in the company. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sasha being one of the top faces or top just names in the company face or heel survivor series is October, right? November. Usually, I thought November, it's usually November, What's October. Let's see. Cause the reason I'm asking that is we can go all of August and let's do half of September with live getting these lucky wins, which is moving her to the heel category. And then she beats somebody towards the middle, uh, SmackDown towards the middle of, of September, right? And then Sasha's music hits. Mm-hmm. Sasha walks out on stage, does her thing. The boss is back. The boss is back. Oh my God, the boss is back. The boss is back. You know, she comes into the ring. She shakes Liv's hand. And then Liv, like, tries to deck her or something, you know, traditional heel move, but Sasha avoids it. Liv rolls out of the ring, and Sasha cuts a promo about you had the fans in the palm of your hand. You know, everybody loved you, and now look at you. You could only win by being a a snake. 
I understand. I've been there. It's not the best way to go about this. I want that belt back. Mm-hmm. And there you go. You've, you've created your, your October pay-per-view. So uh, we have Clash at the Castle, Castle on September 3rd. We have Extreme Rules on October 8th. There you go. Extreme we have Rules. Crown Jewel November 5th and Survivor Series November 26th. And it's a perfect opportunity. So for the last half of September, you build Sasha and Liv in this little, their little back and forth. And Extreme Rules, you have a last woman standing match because there's no way to cheat your way out of that one. Mm-hmm. Or you have a, you know, something like that, a two out of three falls, somewhere where Liv's ridiculous stroke of luck that she keeps having isn't Does, going isn't to play work. a factor. Yeah. And you do so, that. Um, to kind of go off on a little rabbit trail there, Sasha, Naomi, I know that you're both listening to this, you know, extremely pre- prestigious uh, podcast. Yeah. If you have not already signed, make it part of your deal when you come back that the camera is to focus on Michael Cole mm-hmm. and he is to apologize for his words and yes. actions the night that you walked out. Yes. Or I think it was Michael Cole that said it. Uh, if not, it's still Michael Cole because he, mm-hmm. as far as I know, is the it head was of the commentary. No, it was him and Corey Graves. Both yeah. of them said it. So the camera is to focus on them, and they are to, and this is going to be the entirety of the segment. I don't want wrestling. I don't want music playing in the background. I want the camera focused on them, and I want them broadcast over the uh, speakers in the arena, and I want them to apologize for what they said about you the night that you walked out. Yep. And I don't want them to throw the blame on Vince. No. I want them to just apologize for calling them unprofessional. Yes. Because... We were wrong to do so. Mm-hmm. Yes, I realized that that was a directive from Vince. But you still said it. But you said it. And so, they they need to own up to that live on television. Because Brock sure didn't get that reaction. Nope. Did he? Nope. And if, if Brock had got that reaction, I probably would have been okay with it because from all accounts, it was kind of unprofessional of them to do. Mm-hmm. That being said. That's the problem I have with it. Brock should have been given that exact same, hey, we're sorry, uh, whatever city we're in. Brock Lesnar was scheduled. Uh, he won't be here tonight because he walked out in a very unprofessional and undignified manner. Mm-hmm. Now, during the during the show, I believe, is when they talked to Brock and he calmed down enough to come back to do the end segment. Um, but that should have been up towards the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when he yeah. showed back up, they could make a comment about it if they wanted to. Yeah. But it, we've got to stop treating women like they're less than men. Mm-hmm. And WWE has made some great strides in that as far as their presentation of the women. I would argue they've but done better than AEW at least. They, they have done better than AEW, but there's still a very long way to go. Yeah. Oh, and by far. They still can't seem to have more than one story, and that story being around a title. And that goes for both of them. And these women and men should have the veto power over what they're doing Mm -hmm. because it's their bodies, it's their names, it's their, uh, you know, it's them. It's their health. If they are not comfortable with the way a storyline is going or the way a match is supposed to go, 
or being booked, then they should have the ability to say no. I'm not saying they should say, oh, I'm not going to lay down for Ronda That's Rousey. That's completely different. No. But if they are saying, hey, no, this storyline is dumb. This is going to hurt my career. Can we think of another way to get to can we, yeah. from point A to point B? Now, this is the same thing. Stone Cold Steve Austin walked out just like they did. Mm-hmm. Actually, he didn't just bother, didn't even bother show up to the CM arena. CM Punk did too. CM Punk did. They did call both of them out. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Yeah. But two months after Naomi and Sasha do it, Brock Lesnar supposedly does the same thing. And there's not a single word about it. Mm-hmm. You need your commentary team to come out live on camera. I don't care if they actually are sorry. This is not a, this is, this is, they need to say it. This is about showing contrition. Yep. Speaking of women's wrestling as well, uh, AEW filed a trademark this week or last week for, uh, AEW women's, Mm. which is being filed for promotional, uh, material, and uh, promotional te- material streaming service and broadcast television service, which kind of sounds like maybe they're going to do a women's show. And I'm, I'm of two minds with this. One, I think it's a really cool idea to give the women a show. Absolutely. Do away with dark elevation. Do Or do away with dark or do away with, you know, something like that. Change Rampage. Get Discovery to give you an extra hour somewhere and do a women's show. The problem I have with it is I feel like what it's going to end up being is they're going to do away with Dark Elevation. We're going to get a one-hour YouTube show that's going to be the women's wrestling. And then Tony Khan's going to say, hey, we have a whole show that's dedicated to women's wrestling. And then they're going to take all the women's matches off of Rampage and, and Dynamite, unless it's maybe for the title. And then instead of seeing one a match or one a night, we're just going to see one a month on actual television. Uh, and if that's the case, that is the wrong way to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, yeah, I understand there are tons of people out there that don't like women's wrestling. And if you don't like it because it's not the big meaty men slapping meat and, you know, all that, you're allowed your opinions on what you what you like as wrestling. However, if your opinion is, well, I don't like women's wrestling because they're women, that's a shitty opinion, and you shouldn't have that. That's that's a shitty opinion, and I'm going to ask you at this moment in time to please don't listen to us anymore. Pause this, delete it from your phone, and and may you have a long, healthy life because I have no desire for you to be a fan of this podcast. Are there bad women's matches? Absolutely. absolutely. Are there bad men's matches? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Are there absolute fire women's matches? Absolutely. Yeah. Are there absolute fire men's matches? Absolutely. I would refer you back to the uh, Montez versus um, um, my mind is not working tonight. <laughs> it is just uh, but from Monday, Montez versus oh, um, um, who did he fight Monday? Seth. Seth. Yeah. Like absolutely absolute great, great match. match. Um, 
you know, maybe not the the Thunderosa Tony Storm versus Britain uh, Hater match on Wednesday. That wasn't that great of a match. But let's go look at any of the Thunderosa versus Britt Baker matches. Versus Britt Baker, the where, fir- the first one. Yeah. Dear God, that was a good match. Go, you uh, know, go look at what these women. Go look at Bailey versus Sasha from NXT. Mm-hmm. Any of them. Yeah. Any of them. There are so many good matches out there put on by these women that they're not the... A lot of these people, I think, have still have that mentality of, oh, women's matches are just bra and panties match, or, you know, they're they're the lingerie pillow fight matches, or the, the pool of cooking oil matches that were made popular in the Attitude Era. Go watch women's wrestling. Go watch WOW. Uh, it's apparently got a TV deal somewhere. Um, you know, go watch stardom, mm. you know, find some of these matches, hit YouTube. There's tons of, of matches from, you know, jet from Japan, the, all the Joshis, that kind of stuff. These matches are, are as good as any other match that gets put on TV. It's just that the, the competitors are a little shorter and weigh a little less, but they're still just <laughs> as good. Um, and I'm kind of tired of seeing women's wrestling relegated to that, you know, the piss break match, which is what yeah. AEW is doing with them. Yeah. You know, we fought against that for a long time. I say we fought against it. We, we, rally, we, we railed against it for a while, you know, once they showed, hey, these women can actually wrestle. Um, you know, so let them wrestle. Let Absolutely. them have a main event. Let them have two matches on a dynamite. I know it's crazy. You got to get your 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 John Moxley versus uh, Mance Warner that nobody knows who he is in there. You know, when you could have done a another women's match. I mean, there there's a ton of things that they could have done, but they're they're choosing to show the women as they are. AEW has a crazy deep women's roster. When you actually look at it, we were stoked when they signed Ruby Soho. Yeah. What have they done with Ruby? Nothing. You know, we were talking about when Ty got originally signed, you know, how good it'll be to see her wrestle. And her matches were decent. Mm -hmm. Ty's not a super great wrestler, you know, but she's competent in the ring. She's not a, she's not a ring general, you know. I would say her match versus Jade was pretty good. Um Ty, now Ty's a heel and since she's a heel, she can't wrestle and she has to dress like a slut. And she hasn't wrestled since they started teaming her up with Sammy. And I thought, it, and look at Anna Jay, right? Anna Jay was was a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. She has now turned heel and joined with the Jericho Appreciation Society. And and you know what? I'm all for there that. There was a comment she made. A comment Wednesday. I joined them, and look at me. How look at how sexy I'm dressing now. Like, if you're doing this as a tongue-in-cheek, hey, because we're entertain- we're sports entertainers, mm-hmm. so we have sports to be... entertainment. So, you know, the women have to dress like, you know, uh, women of the night. Then you need to dig deep into that and yeah. make sure that your opponent, your your audience sees the, the wink. They see the, ah, see, see what we're doing, see, ah, see what ah. we're doing. You've got to do that. Otherwise, it just like looks like you're treating the women like objects, mm-hmm. especially if they're not wrestling. Especially if they go from Anna J wearing like full pants, shirt, whole thing when she's wrestling, to 
cut-off shorts with, with uh, dangly bits on them. Yeah. Look, there was a while in, you know, during COVID and that kind of stuff where I lived for women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, it was amazing to Asuka see Oscar was the savior of COVID-era wrestling. Right. Like, and then it's just like Kevin Dunn got a call or, or got back into Vince's ear and, and got into Tony's ear somehow. And said, these women aren't pretty enough. We shouldn't show them on TV. Mm-hmm. Which is apparently actually a word or, or a thing Which that, Kevin Dunn, that Kevin Dunn said. Uh, she's not pretty enough, so we can't put a title on her. Mm-hmm. I, so, yeah. I, yeah, I, I need to... <laughs> <laughs> Um, you mentioned a while back discovery mm-hmm. with, with, um, for those of you who don't know, it's, uh, AT&T kind of sold off. Not kind of, they did. Uh, didn't they retain some of it though? They were, they retained options, yeah. it, but they sold off all of their, the Warner brothers part that they owned. Yeah. They sold off direct TV. They sold off Warner. They sold off HBO. Like they so, sold all of that off. So and they and they sold it to Discovery, HBO, Warner, you know HBO is it Time Warner or yeah. whatever it is. They've sold all that to Discovery. And I was reading, and I don't remember who, and I couldn't find it when I was looking a minute ago. Maybe it was Meltzer. Uh, it was Meltzer or Sap, one of those you know guys that are kind of tied in. Things may not be looking so good for AEW. Well, with see, I saw the exact opposite. Mm. Um, cause I, I, I think I saw what you were talking about where, you know, discoveries kind of want to go away from the whole wrestling thing. Mm. Um, but I saw something the other day that said that with the ratings that dynamite is drawing when their contract comes up in 2024, I believe is when it is that they are expecting to be able to pull cause they're, they're pulling, I think it's 40 million right now. Um, the expectation is they can pull 200 to 250 million yeah. on their next contract with them. Well, and I, be- I believe that. Because Dynamite I, is I, still the number one show on TBS. Oh, yeah. And, and Dynamite's not going anywhere. But when you look at the things that could have happened while AT&T still owned, mm-hmm. or if anybody else other than Discovery Group yeah. had gotten a hold of it, because Discovery Group has gone through and they are slashing budgets. Uh, mm-hmm. One of HBO's big things, and, and and Warner, even their their big thing is is the movies that they've been able to produce yep. and put out on HBO Max. And Discovery Group is kind of can't they've canceled some movies in production, like yep. that have started filming. Mm-hmm. They also announced uh, either yesterday or today. I don't remember exactly. I think it was yesterday that uh, they're also doing away with their forty five data streaming. Where they they say, hey, you know, the movie's in the theaters, and then 45 days later, it's going to be on HBO Max. They're doing away with that. Yeah. It's now going to go back to that standard time period of, you know, hey, it went, it left the theaters in, you know, six months or so. Here it is. And just uh, on a quick tangent, that is the dumbest thing Discovery Media could do. Um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I get it. If it's going to come out on HBO Max in 45 days... 
I can wait that long to go. I don't need to go to a theater. The the ones that I was going to go see in theater, I went and saw in theater. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that, that, that stands mean, for whether it's Warner, whether it's yeah, Disney any or any of them. If I want to see it in theater, I'm going to go see it in theater. But here's well, the thing. If it's not, if it doesn't want to draw me to the theater, waiting 45 days or 180 days isn't going to change my mind about going to seeing it. And, and, and here's my, my deal is post-COVID, mm-hmm. I don't care if I ever walk into a theater again. There are some movies that I definitely want to see in a theater. And, and now we've become silent your cell phones. Um, <laughs> there are some movies that I want to see in a theater, right? I went and saw The Northman uh, with our, mm-hmm. our buddy Brady yeah. uh, several months ago. Right? Yeah, I think that was, what, March that it came yeah. out? That was a movie I wanted to see in the theater. No, I definitely see. But, don't get me wrong. Like I the see Batman. the appeal. I see the appeal of seeing the movies in theater. Yeah. But also, I have a surround sound system. Is oh, yeah. it the greatest surround sound system? No. The only my thing couch that, is more comfortable than those chairs. My couch is more comfortable. My, I can my pause. My drinks are cheaper. <laughs> my drinks are cheaper. I can pause the movie yeah. when I need to get up, especially when it's the Batman and it's 12 and a half hours yeah. long. Like the Batman, I did not go see in theaters. I just waited till it came out on streaming and watched yeah. it there and enjoyed it just as much yeah. and as it, I would have otherwise. So, and I say this as somebody who, if you go on YouTube to Never Ready Media... And, and look us up, you will find Jason and I in my truck at the time yeah, reviewing movie, movie, movie reviews, reviews outside yeah. the theater. But the movie theater just holds nothing for me. Getting back to why we got down this. this so trail, now we're coming back to our podcast. You know, now, yeah. Getting back into whiskey and wrestling. Uh, this week, once again, we're drinking ET51. Um, <laughs> it is buy it for the bottle. Um <laughs> But no, before Discovery got a hold of HBO and Time Warner, Mm -hmm. you had HBO Max was a great place, and I don't know why it never got there, but that's where AEW should be streaming. Oh, for sure. They should have next day streaming on HBO Max. We never got that, and I don't know that we will with Discovery taking over. Might see it on Discovery Plus. Well, is Discovery Plus going to be a thing, or are they going to merge Discovery Plus and HBO Max? That's the play to me. I imagine they'll stay separate for the simple fact that Discovery Plus is like 6 bucks. Yeah. HBO Max is 14 Um HBO Max is nine ninety nine with ads, 14 with ads without. without. Um, Netflix is 21 Yeah. So you can get HBO Max and Discovery Plus for the same price as you can get Netflix. And I feel like they might keep them separate and put that out there, even do it as a discount deal or something like that, where you now, get both of them for 18 or something and use that as a leverage tool to say, why would you pay $20 for Netflix for one service when for less you can get two services? Now, and I'm not going to lie, I have both of them. And I watch both of them a lot because I'm a sucker for survival shows. I don't know why, <laughs> but I am. And But HBO Max is great because then you can watch shows like Raised by Wolves and, you know, American Gods. No, the American Gods is an HBO. is an HBO. It's a yeah. showtime. Uh, but think about it this way. If AEW would put their all of their AEW content on either... Uh, Peacock, or not Peacock, uh, Discovery Plus, or HBO Max, either one. 
And I got Rampage on Saturday. I got Dynamite on Thursday. And you could put up Dark and Elevation on uh, the same nights because it's going up on YouTube, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and then you give me the pay-per-views. You would get so many more people buying I mean, Discovery Plus for that because look. I would have a, an easy way to stream the wrestling. I wouldn't have to go, okay, well, if I want to watch Dark, i got to go pull up YouTube, and i got to do that through my TV, so i got to go to this app and do this, or i got to watch it on my computer or my phone. If I could just hit Discovery Plus, AEW, okay, there's Dark, just there's Elevation, there's it, Dynamite, there's Rampage. Treat it like WWE does, or yeah. like Peacock does for WWE. The only thing that I would say is put it up the next night. Yeah, For the love the of God, night. put it up the next night. You don't have to deal with Hulu and whatever deal that WWE yeah. made with Hulu uh, in the pits of hell 25 years ago <laughs> right. uh, that keeps them from putting the show up on Peacock for 30 yeah. days. But put it up the next day. Mm-hmm. That way you have another way for people to find your show. Yeah, and you, yeah. Ha- and you, you create a tab just like Peacock does. Peacock mm-hmm. has a WWE tab very prominently displayed on the Peacock main screen. Yeah. You could do that with AEW and Discovery. You could put a an AEW tab up there at the top that says, hey, you're looking for wrestling. Click on this button. Yeah. And now when I click on that, there's all of my AEW stuff. There's all of my ROH stuff. There's all of my... Because do they own the ROH back library? I believe they do. You could put that up there and have... Thousands of hours of yeah. content. Hey, you know that Seth Rollins dude on WWE? You want to see when he was Tyler Black and he was awesome? Here's the thing. If Tony had been smarter about the purchase of ROH, mm-hmm. he could have destroyed WWE with that ROH mm-hmm. back catalog. Because oh, yeah. like you said, here's Seth Rollins. He was Tyler Black. Mm-hmm. You know... Do you, do you like, you know, all these other guys that were there? I wish Tony would have treated ROH as a separate brand entirely. Yeah. Not even a brand split. Not like mm-hmm. SmackDown and Raw. No. I completely different ROH company. was a different company. Mm-hmm. Different people. Sure. We can have one show up on the other show from time to time just as a, oh my God, there's Samoa Joe on AEW. You know. ROH is Tony's. All of those should be on ROH. ROH is Tony's protection against his dad deciding AEW is too expensive. That's, that's entirely because possible. At least, at least from my that's understanding. entirely possible. At least from my understanding, Tony owns ROH. Yeah. Not Shad. Mm-hmm. Tony. 100% Tony. Tony owns a little bit of AEW. Mm-hmm. But the funding comes from Shad. Yeah. Comes from his dad. And I fully believe that he was like, oh, I can get ROH and I'm protected if my dad decides to pull out. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if, if, if he's done any of that. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> no, my brain uh, just went to the, the, the conversations we've had around Tony begging his dad for <laughs> daddy, yeah, daddy <laughs> begging for uh, his new wrestling toys. As uh, soon as I saw your face and realized that I had said his dad pulling out, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I think that that's what it is. Now, Vince should never have let Tony get a hold of the ROH back library. No. 
because that immediately makes AEW, although Tony seems to have no interest in doing anything with streaming, that makes AEW able to put out streaming. I can bring thousands of hours of content Mm -hmm. to your streaming service for $10 million. I don't know what the actual price would be. I'm just, you know, which is nothing. And all you have to do is put it out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if maybe their deal with fight is preventing them from putting streaming out. It's possible. I, 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 but if I, that's I, the case, then just as soon as your deal with fight and well, I wouldn't even think fight would be the problem. It would I, be I that's, report, but because fights international, yeah. So I, I don't see where that would come into play at all about I, your your domestic streaming. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would say Bleacher Report, but Bleacher Report is owned by that Warner Media Group. So well, and and Bleacher Report, it's not like they stream Dynamite on Bleacher Report, right? So, what's the holdup? I don't get it. I don't get it because people are dropping cable. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculously fast. Mm-hmm. Get your product on a streaming service where I can go find it. I don't care if it's Paramount. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of his next deal. Maybe he's holding off until he has to renegotiate a deal. And maybe so. then he can renegotiate. Okay. You're also going to put it on your streaming platform. So now he has ABC or, or Disney mm-hmm. who will want it either for Hulu or Disney Plus. Probably Hulu is where they'd put it. But you can get intriguingly with CBS and Paramount. Yeah. And Paramount, they just move over to Paramount TV, formerly Spike Network. Right. And you're fine. Well, the, the crowd will follow you there. And, and, you know, or you have ESPN if you go back to Disney. So they could look at Disney, they could look at ESPN well, or Hulu. ESPN's talked about for years that they want a wrestling product. Yeah. They just didn't want to pay the the fees. And they were apparently extremely pissed off when WWE went to Paramount. Mm-hmm. Or not Paramount, uh, Peacock. Peacock. So, so, you know, I look at it this way, right? When Tony first signed with Warner, mm-hmm. no one knew what AEW would do. Yeah, Sure, you're bringing wrestling back to TNT. It's been gone for 20 years. Um, you know, what do, right? We, we, yeah. I can get Warner not wanting to take a gamble on it. They're looking over here at, at the money that WWE is raking in. They're looking at the ratings they're doing. They're also looking at how far the ratings have gone down. Is it worth jumping in with this competitive product? Even if it's not on the same night, it's still yeah. a competitive product. We've talked about it many times. There's only so many hours in a week you can watch wrestling. Yeah. So, do do we do this? Uh, you know, and Tony told him, look, you know, hey, if you guys cover the production cost, we cover everything else. You know, he made a he made a, a cutthroat deal to get that TV deal to be on TV. Well, now, AEW is a proven draw. Absolutely. Is it, it's breaking, uh, Dynamite's breaking 1 million consistently, which ain't great, but it's not bad for a Wednesday night. Nope. You know, Rampage isn't doing so hot, but Rampage is also on at 9 o'clock on a Friday night. 
That is a terrible time slot. It was never going to do well. It's never going to do well. Rampage could do better if it was on a different night. Rampage could do better if it was at 6 o'clock. It could do better if it was at 6 instead of 9. That because is an awful time slot. The the average, what is 18 to 49, yeah, is, is their target. They're not at home. Your average 18 to 49-year-old on a Friday night is going out they're and celebrating the weekend. They're not going to be sitting at home at 9 o'clock yep. watching, wrestling. watching wrestling. Now, WWE gets watch, away with they it. They probably watch SmackDown from 7 to 8, and then at 8 o'clock, that's when they go hit the bar. Yeah. And WWE gets away with it because it's from 7 to 9. So I can come home, I'm eating dinner, I'm watching some SmackDown. Maybe I stick through the whole show, maybe I leave before the main event. Either way, at 9 o'clock, yeah. I'm headed out the door going to the bar. Yeah, exactly. So they're And you can't watch really wrestling bad. at a bar. No. Like, I've, I've, I've done it before, where it's been on the television. You can't do it. The time slot is awful for it. Mm-hmm. But even with a bad time slot, it's not doing terrible in the ratings. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen anybody say Rampage is, is going to be canceled because its ratings are awful. No. Um, it's doing exactly, like, these... It's doing the expectation. It's Yeah, the, these execs to, know what's happening. Yeah, they know what's going on. You also have to pull in you know, what's called time-shifted viewing at this point. Mm-hmm. DVRs. Yeah. Uh, internet, watching it on the internet later, that kind of thing. Well, that doesn't exist for AEW because they don't have a streaming uh, deal anywhere. Right. But get it together, Tony. <laughs> right. So <laughs> if you can't I tell. could see them saying when it's time to, to restructure, I can see uh, Discovery wanting to be like, yeah, let's resign for 500, for 50 million. And Tony going, uh, what's that for? Like six months? You know? It's, it, it, that that's that's a signing bonus, right? Yeah, like you're <laughs> going to give me that because I'm re-signing my five hundred million dollar contract, right? I could see something like that happening, and I can see you know there being a bit of a back and forth, just like it was you know twenty five odd years ago when uh, Universal NBC didn't want to play ball with WWE, and they said cool, and TNN signed them, yeah, which became Spike during that time, but. They went over, they changed channels, and then for, like, the next six months, on every, the end of every Raw, it was, just remember, guys, in six months, we're going to be on TNN, the Nashville Network, just screwing USA on the way out. And they were over there for, what, five years? Something like that. And then, at the end of that five years, USA came back begging, please come back to USA. And they came back. And, and I could see something yeah. like that happening. I could see I could see Paramount oh. if TN if TNB, TBS TNT uh, the Warner just group, say Warner, know, Warner Warner Discovery if they decided they didn't want wrestling on there or they didn't want to pay what it's worth. I could see Tony going to Paramount. I could see him going to ABC Disney. I could see him going to any of these other groups and being like, "Who wants a show that still draws over a million eyes every Wednesday night?" Now. I could see Tony trying to make this play for streaming. Using his connections that he's built up with New Japan. Mm-hmm. If he can get Getting the into New if, Japan world? If he can get the New Japan rights, the, the North American yeah, streaming it, rights for New no, Japan. There is no North American streaming rights for New Japan. Then suddenly now you have four years of AEW. AEW. So how many ever hundreds of hours right. that is. 
you have ROH, all of that. Just what, 10 years, 15 years? 20. 20 years? 20 years. Like, CM Punk was wrestling in ROH 20 years ago. 20 years. So you have 20 years of ROH. So there's thousands upon thousands of hours there. And if he can come over with Tony Khan being the person who has the streaming rights for New Japan. Jeez. That would be the Suddenly, re- that would be where wrestling lives. Whatever app that is, yeah. wrestling fans are going to have that app. And then, you know, he he pays Excalibur mm-hmm. and Taz to go back through and voice over all the he old didn't episodes. Even have to do that because or at least with New Japan, because a ton of that New Japan stuff, you have Don Callis and JR are the voices yeah. is when it was on Access TV. Uh, well, but, Don Callis and Jr. did the commentary. You're still going to have, you know, you, you'll have those you'll have that you'll be able, that need it, but. but you will have you'll have hours and hours that need it. And if I know that I'm going to tune in, mm-hmm. and I'm going to hear Taz, and I'm going to hear Excalibur mm-hmm. doing commentary, okay, now I have somebody I know and trust in Taz and Excalibur yep. to bring me into this world of Japanese wrestling. Yeah, that's money. And maybe that's his ploy. I don't know. I'm just saying, we'll Tony, see. we need you to start streaming. Yeah. We're running long, so we're going to cut it off there. We need to say thank you to McNarb Gaming here in Gautier, Mississippi. Come check them out. They have anything that you want in the world of gaming. Do you play Pokemon? Do you play Magic the Gathering? Do you want to get into tabletop RPGs? Come on down to McNarb's. They will help you get into it. They will talk to you. They'll let you join games. They'll let you stand there and watch people play the cards game. Yeah. And it, they'll explain to you what they're doing and why. Mm-hmm. And they'll... Be respectful. Have, but. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. And you'll have people there that'll be like, well, here, you want to learn? Here, take this half of my deck and, and we're going to play. Yeah. And they'll teach you. So come on down. Check them out. More importantly, they'll tell you what you need to get to get into it easily. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know... Thousands later. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking Magic the Gathering. Right. You know, um, people have spent untold fortunes on that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but come out, check them out. Wednesday nights, they do RPG night. Mm-hmm. There's always somebody running a game. And there's always somebody that's a week or two out from starting a new game. Mm-hmm. So come out, let them know you're interested. Yeah, somebody, check them on Facebook. Yeah, check them on Facebook. Somebody will be there to help you get into the game. Yep. And help you have fun. So, thank you, McNarbs. Thanks, Greg. For allowing us to use this space. Thank you, Greg. You can also, while you're in town, stop by Big Dog Liquor and get yourself a bottle of something tasty. Mm-hmm. Or, in some cases, not so tasty. Uh, you know, he's He's got whiskeys, wines, tequilas, vodkas, gins. You name it. It's down there. Yep. Uh, fifth, pints, airplane bottles, you know. Whatever uh, you need, it'll he, suit he can you. get a hold of you. Uh, if you like wine, he's got a huge wine selection. Does wine sales every month on the different brands. Uh, always got discounts going on for senior or military. So grab yourself a good bottle of something. Uh, grab yourself a board game next door at McNarb. Then listen to us first, yeah. obviously. And then once you're done with us, give a listen to our buddies at Travelers on the Omnibus. Uh, what is their their thing? It is a a, a field trip, a field trip through nerd culture, nerd and pop, nerd and pop culture. Yep. Aha! Um, you may hear some familiar voices on some of their episodes from time to time. Um, but they basically talk about nerd stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
or hang on, wait. I, I told uh, I told Brady that I was gonna say they talk about nerds, nerd things and stuff, and stuff and stuff. Not not and shit. Well, and shit. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Give them a listen. And one of our friends over there at Travelers on the Omnibus, Jody Kite, he does Fearology, which I believe is available on Anchor and Spotify. Mm-hmm. And that is his experience with horror films and just him talking about how that has affected him in his life and kind of giving some history on it. So check out Fearology. And if movies are your thing, we kind of delved into their realm. Sorry, yeah. guys. Uh, <laughs> but check out Silence Your Cell Phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are streaming live on YouTube on Thursday nights. They also have a podcast out there. Go check them out. They talk about... Uh, movies and bingeable TV. Give them a listen if you're into movies. Yep. Because they're going to have some interesting takes and yeah, mm-hmm. just check them all out. Absolutely. So with all that said, I guess we'll see you next week, right? See you next week. Cheers. Cheers.